178 episodes, and all I do is hot takes, apparently. Um, so that's good stuff. I mean, you got to love it. Listen, uh, what a week. What a whirlwind week. It depends on, yeah, pal, what's up? No, don't eat that. That's garbage. Eat something else. Yeah, I mean, depends about on the Geo Reyna card he just pulled. He did, he doesn't eat Borussia Dortmund cards. He, you know, Leipzig maybe he'll he'll rip it half. That's the Houston Astros. Leipzig. He's yeah, he's correcting me. He knows the soccer man. So he's Luca, watching this stuff. Welcome back to Lucas Tigers and Bronzo Mai episode eight hundred seventy eight. It's a good number. Eight eighty eight. Are we doing anything important for eight eight eight? That's a real lucky episode. Um. Big Asian Kobe culture. episode. Well, I was thinking more Kobe, but Asian culture, sure. 888, I mean, it's lucky. It's a good – it's infinity. You know, it's infinity, infinity, three times. I'm sure if we messaged Spinatron right now with 10 days of – 10 episodes of advance notice and be like, hey, 888's coming up. You want to be on? He'd be like, yes, that has to be my episode. He's very into the serial numbers. And, you know, that's fun I got to imagine DPZ is going to have him on the Collector Series as well, right? I'm sure. Let's hope. That's a good one. That's a, that's definitely. Maybe he'd be number eight in the uh, in the collector series, and, and it all goes. Listen, we were in. This, I was this in, is just a random podcast that's going in front of your eyes. Guys. Have, there is. We are connecting the dots sometimes. Well, let, let me let me let me go right because it's been a fun week, right? So one of the things I did, I, I checked back in our OG group, you know, our old group, you know, where we met, and Tyler Wagner. Former MLB pitcher who's in there, insurance ex- insurance professional extraordinaire now. He posted a cool Kobe that he bought. It was just a Kobe select gold jersey piece with a two-color jersey, you know, which you know me. I spent a good part of the year buying Kobe jerseys, and you explained to me the, the different value hierarchy of, like, the color patches, the whole deal. I bought a ton of those things. I still have a ton of them. Slabbed, non-slabbed, eights, nines, tens, all kinds of stuff. I never got a multicolor one. This was cool. And it's a gold card out of tens. So it's got the gold going on too. I said it was really nice. And he's like, I probably paid too much. But I looked at all the other garbage I have in my collection and said, I'd much rather have this than any of those things. And it's right. And, and I made a, you know, like one of my sweeping statements of that's going to be a lot of 2023. People are going to be looking at their collections and they're going to be saying, all right, you know, it's not exactly consolidation. We were talking about that last year, but it's like, all right, if this is worth this, is this really what I want to have? Or would I rather have something else for that same money? You know, what is it that's PC to me? What is it that's, you know, collectible to me? What is it that's something that, that, you know, let's go back to my roots of collecting. What is it something that is really, you know, it, it, it calls to me? And to him, it was this Kobe card with the, you know, with the dual patch relics. I showed him my dual different strokes auto of Todd Bridges and um, uh, what's his name? I'm go- I can't believe I'm going to forget his name. It's the it's, it, no, it's Arnold Jackson and uh, and Willis. Oh my God, Gary Coleman, Gary Coleman and Todd Bridges dual auto. Yeah, it was a great auto. I'm never giving that card away ever, ever, ever. I don't care. You guys offer me whatever you want. So you, you're mine. saying what I heard there was goes along the lines of what I said in our in my story post was over this next one or two years we'll be finding out what collectors are, who the collectors are. Yeah, but and I love the post, but one of the the the, the most common messages I got in follow up to my soccer you know, craziness from this week is which, is, which is for you guys that didn't see quote unquote, I've done more for soccer collectors than Messi and Ronaldo. Now I'm not sure. Combined. Combined. I've energized I, them more. I felt that cage would say combined on top of that, because 
it's already a big I did say combined. Yeah, but then I'm like at combined, yeah, right? It's, combined. I've done more for soccer collectors than Messi and Ronaldo. Combined. I've This week, I have energized them more. I mean, Ronaldo really didn't energize soccer people. He's coming off the bench. He's on the bench. Your, your you son know? wouldn't even know his greatness. That's right. He's, he's great. He's garbage. And, and you know, Messi, Messi, he's losing his mind. He doesn't even stay in a position. He runs around the field like he's got no position at all. I mean, a guy doesn't even know how to run a play anymore. He's just kind of like a free nine. So what does Cage do? He says, son, <laughs> let me buy you the stadium in Lego form. But not just of Ronaldo. Santa bought that. But also of Messi. So he bought a, a Lego set of San Bernabeu mm-hmm. and Camp Nou. The blessing is this is not for children. So Ian is not allowed <laughs> to go on YouTube and listen to it. <laughs> yes, even it though a lot of our listeners more than likely behave as such. But can I say by the comments. collector? I get a little, I get a little feedback. Just want to make sure you know that. You get a little echo on me here. Not when you talk, just me. Um, now I don't hear it. So what's amazing is People don't like the titles. People don't like, why do I have to be one? And then I get a lot of great comments like, hey, I'm a collector. I collect some stuff. I do. But I also sell some stuff. It helps me you know, continue to collect. It helps me get stuff that I, that I want on my, in my collection side. What's so bad about that? I'm like, there's nothing bad about that. Nothing bad about that at all. I, I think it's one of the greatest things ever. And that's what's fun. Different strokes are different folks, just like Gary Coleman and Todd Bridges. So... It, it all goes back, man. It's like a Seinfeld episode. No, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, yes, we're going to find out who collectors are, but maybe we're also a little more liberal with the words. It doesn't have to be collectors versus flippers, collectors versus investors. Can't the definition of collector also include the vast majority of people out there who have a PC, stuff that they keep when they rip boxes? There's some stuff they like, they keep for themselves, and then there's stuff that they're going to sell, doubles or you know, players they don't collect. You could still sell stuff and be a, quote, collector. Or So, so I have my note sheet out, yeah, sure. and I wanted to do this exercise with you a few days ago, but we'll do it now. When you yeah. hear of a flipper, what terms come to mind? Dolphin. Dolphin flipper. Yes. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. To what? Um, short term mindset, whether good or bad. Short term, right? Short term, definitely short term, a hundred percent. Unemotional. Yeah, yeah, unattached. Unemotional, unattached. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think short term is probably uh, the best one, right? Rides, um, rides, trends, trend. Yeah, trends definitely. Trendy. You know, how about collector? Collector to me. Is hoarder is the first word that comes. Interesting. Okay. You know, that's the first word that comes to me, but everybody's definition of collector is different. That's kind of where I'm going, right? But you know how I collect. That's exactly the point of it, actually. A it's thousand like, Devante Grams. <laughs> you know, like, well, the whole point with this, because I wrote down long term vision and uh, connection, like emotional connection. Yeah, nostalgia. Yeah, some connection. Right. Exactly. So the reason why I did that is, you know how like you have a conversation, this happens a lot of relationships and the people close to you, it feels like you're just talking past each other. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's because of the the lack of agreement of what the definition of a few key terms are. Yep. So I think that's the issue. Like, or, or that's the thing that causes like the the collector versus a flipper and like the ants and animosity. I think there's a place for both. I think it's just how do you define them and what can you learn from them? Right. So like you were always a collector like this, but whatever term I would give you, I would define you as you have a long term, you have vision. You have an emotional connection to some of your cards. But then I would also say there's a side of cage where he's short-term, short to medium-term. 
He's unemotional. He is understands trends or contrarian trends. Yeah. So the, I could cut like there's the collector side of cage. There's the investor side of cage, the flipper side of cage. Right. So and I think that's like you've been buying type one photos. Yep. Those aren't really good investments or good f- flips, but you love that. That's a collection. I think that's it's cool. Right. Yeah. You think, yep. But then you've also were like, hey, Mbappe or Devante Graham or 2012 Prism. This is it. This is going to, I could do some stuff here. I could buy yeah. it for $5, grade it for eight, sell it for a hundred. Both sides. Yes. And should I be thrown out of both camps because I don't live in either or? No, I think we need to learn from both camps and throw away the stuff that's invaluable or not valuable and understand the stuff that's valuable. Like I am actually watching a lot of the influencers right now that we would deem flippers. One with a heart, like I'm like, how are they going to ride out this down cycle? Because it doesn't just affect collectors. It also affects the people with big YouTube channels and all that stuff. I'm watching. How do they How do they handle that? How do they adjust, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so how are they going to handle it? Well, I'm, I, I don't know. I think they're going to leave. All? Pretty much. Where were they before? I don't. I don't know. I didn't follow them. But here, <laughs> but we should want to keep them here. Like we I should... agree with that. I'm not saying like, what we want or what we should do. I'm saying what I think is going to happen. I think that part of the flipper side of the equation, your pro and con thing, is is and there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. Don't at me. I got guys named Cheese and Queso and Paisan in my Peachy DMs, cards. angry at me. Right. By the way. They had a good idea. I want to set up uh, like I saw a five points. Yes, for, for, Stop for reading my DMs, people. you, you Actual ball. people. Actual people. Yes. Hobby soccer goats. Yes. You, I know he listens every now and again. People like Gooner. People who have been in the hobby for significant amount of time, for years, who can speak to soccer cards more than just when Mosaic came out. Yes, we could have five or ten of those. It would be a great educational thing for myself included. What about also regionally? Someone who's in Germany, UK, yeah, great. That's a South great America. Idea too. So like Gunnar, Rodman, and then I mean we got a chance to meet all. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. A great we idea. Love flippers. It. How do they stand? I, I think that they need to understand it's really hard to flip in a down market because you can't short cards. So you, it's like any card you almost buy. It's so you have to understand what's my two to three year vision and how do, how do I remain solvent? Right. Can I tell you something? In- I'm surprised people haven't figured out a way to short cards yet. How could they sell a card that they don't own on eBay? And, but, and then buy a pack three. No, you can't do <laughs> dude, You have the serial number. You, it's impossible. <laughs> what serial? I'm not talking about graded, you know, raw cards. <laughs> I mean, I guess you still have to ship something after they pay for it. But, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I just sold this card. All right. Well, he had a shitty game. Well, I'm going to go out and buy it afterwards. You know, I mean, and cover, right? You know, you cover the, like, you know, this week, right? You know, uh, what's you a big put game my brain this week? In a pretzel. I do this all the time. It's my favorite. Yeah, they love two, it. Josh Allen versus Tua. Right. So Josh Allen versus Tua, right? So what if I sell a ton of Tua cards and he gets smashed this <laughs> week? Go- and I go and buy I, them on Sunday and ship them out to people on Monday for, for less than what I sold them to people for. These are non-fungible okay. tokens. You know the serial Gosh. number on the back. They're not. I'm not talking about serial. I'm talking about uh, – anyway, whatever. It is, but just it's bunch clearly, of raw. Yeah, raw, raw to a raw. Um, oh, man. 
You're right. I mean, that is one of the fun things, but it is one of the rabbit holes we went down as the market went up, 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 and up. Everybody wants to chart everything. Everybody wants to look at, you know, this is how much it is. This is where it's going and the whole deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I saw Chris Chris Hoge's post today about the Tom Brady um, champ ticket out of 100. And it is a good... Um, a good he, he didn't go into this specifically, but it is a good way of... You know, spelling out for folks the difference between scarcity and rarity. Because wouldn't you call a card that's numbered out of 100 a rare card? Yeah, right? I mean, by anyone's definition in the hobby, something that's only 100 of is rare. But the fact that there's 100 of them and 21 of them or 22 of them have been sold during this calendar year. I think there were 21 of them sold in the, in the calendar year of 2022. doesn't make it a very scarce card if, if there's two sales a month of it. And that's why you see it go from, you know, 1.2 million to 500,000 or whatever it's selling for. So it's, it's interesting to watch that stuff. Right. I didn't think that the PWC, PWCC premiere was uh, as much of a bloodbath as maybe advertised. I wouldn't use that word either. I would say, (laughs) well, well, I mean the, I would say that different industries of cards, like I would say LeBron cards got, were bloody. What I also noticed was there wasn't a lot of vintage in that auction. And it so one thing is like, okay, obviously diamond hands, vintage collectors, you know, they're more likely to hold that. But what it also kind of showed me, and maybe it's like a, maybe an assumption, but we could discuss it here. It's that the, the vintage collector market is more educated on market cycles because they also understand and they're able to time and realize that selling cards around Christmas always there's a 10, 20% correction just in any cycle. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting, just the supply of inventory available, uh, a supply of vintage inventory available specifically. That I, I had that thought. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the flip side to it is if you look at the charts on a lot of the vintage cards that are available, they, they are still, quote, unquote, more scarce, even though they might not have the rarity. So it's fun. Basically, what you, what you see is LeBron's went – 25x and have now come back down to 6x where the vintage cards went 6x they just skipped the part where they went 25x so so they're both done the same thing as a matter of fact if you know if you pan out a couple years you know lebron stuff still may be doing better than some of that vintage baseball stuff that we're now championing it's just if you happen to be there in the, in the middle of it it's now a down chart. You know, Vintage kind of did one of these. They both ended up 6X. It's just how they got there that allows for a very different story to be told. And do you think that taints our perception today of it? Like, Of course, because everybody says LeBron is bleeding. And sure, he's bleeding from the bloated price that he was at. Nobody's saying Babe Ruth is bleeding because Babe Ruth had a slower climb to the same return. There's just nobody out there screaming about overpaying for Ruth because nobody overpaid for Ruth on the way up. Look, I'm I'm a victim of it myself. I I own a LeBron that I bought earlier this year that's down forty percent from where I bought it, and it's a which big you car. thought was the bottom. One of the most, yeah. I was and people were calling about him. I bought it because Josh Cardboard Chronicles posted a story with other data points and said, "Hey, it looks like this one might be hitting a bottom." And I'm like, I think I agree with him. There we go. I'm going to buy it. It didn't bottom. 
It's a new box. What is this saying? It's it's uh it's always scary catching a, a falling knife or don't ca- catch a falling knife. I I caught one. It cut, but it, it, it's it's okay. But that's the thing, though. Here's the flip side. So I didn't buy it at the bottom, 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 right? But what happens if yesterday's sales were the bottom, and they start to turn back up, and all of a sudden, in a month, two or six, the LeBron that I bought is back to the price that I paid for it. I didn't lose money on it. Because Do you I think never market sold factors it. are pointing to that? I think the cool thing about LeBron is that the market factors don't aren't everything. There are a lot of potential things that could happen for LeBron that could change the market trends, right? His team could start playing a lot better. He can continue scoring 30-something points every game, basically. You know, he'll he'll have the record coming up. So I think there are other things that factor in that, you know, make it tougher to compare LeBron to, you know, like a vintage Babe Ruth. But do the collectors market- ever, ever leave a market and leave bag holders? What I mean by that, and don't think don't listen to that and hear it in a negative sense. What I mean is I think true LeBron collectors or people that believed in LeBron bought in, in maybe 2015, 16, 17, 18, and they sold at 20 at the 2021. So the people Some that of are them holding did. LeBrons were are just people who were hoping to ride the wave even higher. I mean, even that's a generalization. I think people I, who I understand. collected LeBrons, they might have sold some of their LeBrons. You know what I mean? They might have sold an exquisite at the, at a top, but still have a ton of golds. You know, like I think the, the thing is the LeBron mm-hmm. collectors, just like we want to say, hey, you could be a, a collector and an investor. I think that people who are fans, sure, I shouldn't. I shouldn't hold it against anyone for taking some money off the table, especially with the way that the, that the card value, especially LeBron, ran. It became a significant portion of people's you know, portfolio. Might as well sell some and rebalance it. I don't know too many people who were real LeBron collectors beforehand who, who sold every one of their LeBrons at the peak and now have none. Like You could say, I did that, Devontae Graham. I didn't sell them all at the peak. I wish I did. I have some still. But, I mean, I bought low and sold high. I was lucky, and I'm ready to say that, folks. You know what I mean? Like, I you happen more, to be – You want more people to say they're lucky. Yeah, because then people don't – you know, you don't have to pretend to be a genius the whole time when the market's going down. You know, if you don't tell people you were a genius when it was going up and you instead, you know, let people know that you took advantage of an opportunity, you were lucky, you know, you might have seen something, but it was also helped by the trend and the overall market factors – then yeah, then on the way down, people are not like, wow, that genius became stupid overnight. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, you know, and unfortunately, so I think what if, where a lot of our influencers are right now, by the way. So Cage, what if, okay, so today's December 16th, 2022. What if, you know, we've showed up for 870 days, you know, we've tried to give back as much as we can and we keep increasing that. So we keep growing this podcast, right? Make some money on sponsorships. Okay. I start saying how much is Rodman PC paying you to wear that hat? Rodman just good people, man. Uh, Anybody wants me to wear a hat, just send me a hat. I'll wear uh, a hat. We start. I save money, put it aside. Start, you know, buy cards, watch the market, and I'm able to stay solvent, right? I save. I'm able to save fifty k. I have fifty thousand dollars in cards. Have some. You can have as much as you want. And twenty twenty six is the next boom. Okay, hypothetically, four years away. And I, I'm able to stay in the game and use this period of time as an experience. Color up, you know, you know, have some of my portfolio in vintage, have some of it in modern, be able to spot the trends, use this period of time to learn from it. And I benefit and my 50K becomes 
550 by 226 because mm-hmm. I stay in the game. Yeah. And by 2030, it's a million dollar collection. Because I stayed in the game and used this period of time to learn. Is that luck? It's a good question, right? Part of it's luck. Part of it's luck. Sure. Part of it's luck. Yeah, because just just because you are in the game still in 2026, you have to be lucky that hopefully the, the stuff that you invested in did pan out. It's the right sport. It's the right player. It's the right card. Sure, you can say. So, so what's fun is I was in a car recently with a very smart young kid who is half my age. It is amazing. I think it. And he doesn't believe in luck. Doesn't believe in luck. He's, Say that again. You know, I said he doesn't believe in luck. He says, you know, I said to him, what is it? He, you know, some some combination of being prepared and opportunity and you know, educating yourself, kind of what you're talking about. He believes luck is just being born. It's a pretty Gary way of saying things, right? That's where luck comes in. One. But the other stuff is what I talk about, just being there. I mean, you want to talk about luck? I understand what you're saying. It's two sides to the same coin. I say I was lucky to get into Top Shot when I did. You would say I wasn't lucky. I positioned myself in the industry and was putting a podcast out there and was there to ask a question, then research it. And we had a segment called Coffee with Cage. (laughs) Yeah, and we did the Coffee with Cage, which I'd love to bring back because I'm crazy. Our team is busy. We have Hobby Awards, which is just a sprinkled mess of chaos that we have to figure out. Hobby awards. Figure it out. Then I throw a grenade. I throw a grenade yeah. about soccer in there, and the hobby awards just get imploded. It's fun stuff. No, but I mean, so I understand your point about luck. I guess what I'm saying is there is a sprinkle of luck in all of it, right? And most people who have done well, there's luck there. You know, you could be right. You could have the right card, the right guy, but but maybe sell it at the wrong time. There's luck there too. You know what I mean? And And that sometimes has nothing to do with – with the hobby, even that has to do with your own situation. You know, maybe you didn't need money, so you didn't sell, and you should have because you'd have more money. You know, there's, there's so many. You know, luck is. I mean, I throw it out there just because. Listen, we're all collecting cards. We're all collecting pictures of, you know, of athletes. We're not geniuses. I'm sorry. So, Everybody who thinks they're a genius in this hobby, they would be somewhere else. They'd be on Wall Street. <laughs> I think I'm a genius because I think one of the best buys is a See? Banksy painting. Oh, God. Now, Cage oh, thinks God. that Banksy is a culprit and a criminal. Sam Banksy freed. Yeah. If you guys don't know Banksy, Banksy is a political artist who... Political at, artist? No, I mean, he's a graffiti artist. What's political? He's a little a, girl holding a balloon? What's the politics <laughs> there? I mean, can you tell us about so Ken Golden shredding, is selling shredding a bank the artwork seat. as soon as it as, that was a like a political statement shred shred the stuff right after it sells that's political how would you describe him you would say he's a graffiti artist I would say he's a criminal he defaces public and private property do you think it makes it better or worse held accountable well to the people who own the private property like a barn. It's definitely better for those people when he paints on the side of their building. Um, you know, that makes it worth a lot more money. People sell it and they go crazy. That doesn't necessarily mean I like the guy. I saw one piece of his art that I did not like. So, Do you want to I talk don't... about the experience or no? You're not a Banksy guy. I just thought it was cool that Golden was selling something that is near and dear to my heart. We had a British guy who came to play soccer with us. He was a big Banksy guy, taught me all about it. 
I thought it was cool. Um, What's your favorite Banksy? The girl? The girl with the heart. Yeah. It's the most I mean, that's recognizable. A cool that's a cool one. That's the one everybody knows. I had I did not know about some of his art. Some of the art. Can I actually – I would say I like the idea of Banksy. I like okay. someone that's like a shadow in the night that we don't know that kind of comes out and like stencils and does sends a message. And now I know why you have a crush on card porn. He's the Banksy of our industry. The we Banksy know, of our We industry. know who Cardboard is. And does that take away from it? Like if you found From out who mystique? Banksy was, would you no longer like Banksy as much? If he, if he was doxxed? I respect Cardboard. I don't like Cardboard. I respect Banksy and I like Banksy. Why don't you like Cardboard? He's an asshole. Oh my God. How do you really feel? But <laughs> I, I respect that one. he put out yeah. content for yes. a long period of time. I respect... How even the way he does content, he called us out quite a few times. <laughs> he cuts right down the middle to create this polarity. I respect the game. Like, I, I might not like how Zach Levine plays, but I'm like, okay, he, I, he's got game. I, will, I want to tell you something that will make you smile. Ian has worn a basketball jersey every day this, this month to school. Different basketball okay. jersey. And usually he's a little bit of a jinx. You know, because he buys jerseys of people that leave their team. But I kind of made fun of him a little bit last night. I'm like, you can't just pick your jersey in the morning based on who has a good game the night before. I mean, he's wearing his Embiid jersey after he drops 53. You know, he puts on this jersey. He's like, oh, Zion, squad 35, put it on. I said, how about you pick a jersey? I like, it was like 8 o'clock. I'm like, how about you pick a jersey that you're going to wear tomorrow, put it out, and if the guy has a good game, great. You knew it before. Correct. If the guy doesn't have a good I like game. That. You still wear the jersey. You know what jersey he picked to wear today? He picked out last night. Tyler Hero. Dude, Hero went off. Ten three pointers. He woke up. And he's like, ha ah! ha. He's, he's like, I he bet a lot of people, points. He's actually the third leading scorer. He's over. He's averaging over twenty points a game. Ian said that to me. He's like, he's like, this is a top fifteen player in the league, and I don't know why people are not giving Andrew more credit. This is what he says. This is what he tells me. I'm like, because no one wants to give Andrew credit because he's a doofus. That's why. Honestly, the whole credit thing, I was, I, I'm over at this point. The money's better than the credit. You figure that's all you're living on these days. You'd like credit. Correct. Bum, bum, bum. Because being right doesn't lead to success or affluence. You know, like it's, it's a part of it, but it's not the whole thing. That's what that's maybe it's a theory I'll extrapolate on. Um, when I started well, like, a Zoom show or something, little, but... yeah, the Zoom show. I want to be on that. So I, I thought it was going to be a big lesson. He's going to wake up today. Hero is going to have like eleven points on like you know three of sixteen shooting. No, <laughs> no, we're back. Forty-one threes. <laughs> yeah, forty-one points. I was like, oh, nice choice, pal. <laughs> a lot of fun. So Tyler Hero, are you buying him? No, for sure not. So I think you should at some point buy some Tyler Hero because that's the nostalgia for you. And it's going to be nostalgia for other people. The Tyler Hero Silver Prism card is going to be a drawback, just like Bull Bull will be at some point in time. I think the base was 19 bucks when I uh, gave up. No, dude, here's the issue. All of the Ultra Modern cards suck because think about this. The <laughs> oh. National... Most like uh, I saw summertime cards wanted to get like the his flawless one of one rookie. Cool, that's a cool card. Uh, but any of his NT stuff, I I, I think NT stuff is going to be similar to like the upper deck Griffey intent 
not in 10, 15 years. Because eventually the whole player worn thing is going to play itself out. You're, you're getting uh, a patch that has no association. So, okay, you have the auto, but there's infinite autos of these guys. There's no, I have no sentimental connection knowing that I have own an NT because I'm going to just see it perpetually running on auction because I'm going to be seeing it so much. And I, I do think that there's something psychological that happens when you see your card running on auction so consistently. It's it's an infuriating feeling. Infuriating. So let me ask then, what? How, how do you invest in somebody today? If you believe Tyler Hero is going to turn into the next Michael Jordan, I'm just using him as an example right now, right? I use Eric Whiteback's code, and I try so rare. Oh, what do you actually do? What do you tell the folks out there? You say give up on cards? No. That's such a big statement. Just watch him. Enjoy the game. Like You don't have to buy his card to just enjoy him. Uh, okay. How would I speculate on Tyler Hero's that's performance? That's it. There you go. How would you – if you thought in 10 years from now, wow, I wish I could go back to episode 878 when we were talking about Tyler Hero and invest in Tyler Hero – don't give me a game one jersey. You don't. That's, why do you not like low those, hanging by the fruit? Way. I love it. It's not. not we're not. That market's a, tiny. We're, no one collects game worn. We're not. We're not a game worn show right now. But let's just assume that that is easy and low hanging fruit. I agree with you that if you can go out, if somebody presented me with a Tyler Hero game worn jersey at a reasonable price, I would even buy it right now. Okay. That's too easy. I I like next day autos. I think they're a cool concept. Okay, all right. They're hard he, to find now in a high grade. They're hard to find in a high grade. They're on card. And it's like right. It's think about the moments for these kids, right? When you're in college, you're partying, hooking up, and playing ball. That's mm -hmm. it. Like most of the best players don't do the last two. They just play ball. The bills to five. Whatever. Then they get drafted and literally they get millions of dollars. It's the day their life actually changes. And if this is the first thing that they sign. There's some very cool provenance. There's extra cool provenance knowing that Giannis. Is his like his whole family life changed because he wasn't even going to get drafted. Then he went 14th. Like this guy was living on the street. So like that to me is as so cool. So Panini loses the licenses to these things, or if Panini is rolled into fanatics in some way and they don't have that anymore, does that does that help the value of the ones that that are limited to a certain print run, or does it hurt because it's no longer kind of like that continuity? Going I th forward? I think someone should do draft night autos. Where as they're the first round is drafted, these guys sign it right on the screen, and there's ten of them. That's that's sick. cool. That's cool to like, see the card have... that is on there yeah. at the draft. That's cool. It's a cool idea. Something something additional. You get to see it live, and boom! I see that card. You pull right there. Like one of the cool things when I sold the Ronda Rousey card, I had a picture of her signing the card, like the one one rookie auto of her. I had a big picture, and when I sold it on on eBay, I have a picture of her like signing it and like you know holding it up and that kind of stuff. It's a cool little additional you know piece and to the story. Dare we say that that piece lives on the line on, on the, the blockchain? Line. On the blockchain? Oh, forget about it. Exchange Graham. So like. It's it, it that would be the coolest. That would be my route. I think Game Warren is fascinating, though. I, I think in 2023, I would have created a show for Luca Nation where we bring on some of the higher end Game Warren collectors and we could learn. What do you look for? What does photo match mean? Whoa, that's I was just gonna say, and that can be a Who whole do you trust show in and of itself, right? I mean, some people just trust one, one place, I, I, right? And that's 
that's such junior level questions, right? The coolest thing about the show is as we've done more episodes, my questions have improved because I've learned more, right? You could only ask questions from your perspective. So one of the things that the NFT should do is someone should be able to come on and do what I do. Sit in my seat because I can tell you it's Friday. I couldn't wait to be done with my day to sit down and do an episode. It's literally the highlight because you do this. First of all, yeah, it's like sitting down with a friend at a bar, grabbing a beer or a two-liter bottle of soda and talking sports. And you have a pad with questions prepared. It's easy to popcorn. It's fun. This is like uh, this is this is fun for me. Somebody should get the ability to do that. Happy, happy to do it. And I'll. I don't know why this is where my brain goes. It's always so effed up. You're I'm only able to rooms. do this when I'm on a disciplined rooms. and structured schedule, like Mark Mater said. So if you guys, do you be a like part Mark Mater? Show, you really like that guest. I'm very happy about that because I don't. I don't ask for too many guests, and now I'm gonna take credit for Mark Mater. I don't ask for too many guests. I knew he would have a profound impact on your life. Go Tigers. I think in a, I could have been a professional athlete if I knew now what I knew then. And that structure and discipline are your friend, not your enemy. Steroids, too. Creatine, you- dick. <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, you call it creatine. I call it. I mean, I've never, I, don't, I don't take creatine. It kind of weirds me out, just the name of it. But I have nothing. I think steroids are, should be more uh, in culture. Like, I think we should talk about the benefits of steroids for men over 35 because their testosterone levels are dropping. I think that should be more uh, because right now this guy, Liver King, who's just absurdly ripped. He looks like just insane. It's revealed that he was taking steroids, which was kind of obvious the whole time, but he had a really good message as well. Like the, te- so it's, it, people get really skewed. What was his message? Eat liver. It was the nine tenants of our ancestors, which is bonding. Um, I'll find them nine tenants. What the work. hell are you talking about? The I nine mean, the tenets? People, the nine tenets. Yeah, I'll read it. I, dude, I don't want to be misquoted. Sleep, eat, move, shield, connect, cold, sun, and struggle. Cold? Yeah, cold exposure is really good for the immune system. But isn't That's that the same thing as struggle? No, struggle is like go and like, like, think about it. We're hunter-gatherers, right? So like we had to go and find our food, the struggle. So like. We now we go to the grocery store or we have I mean, Uber Eats deliver. It is a struggle, Uber Eats. It's hard to get but, a delivery driver sometimes. So and like, I gotta go like, outside in the cold and pick it up off my porch. Right, but like think about like you had to like go and shoot a deer or tackle a deer. Like it was literally you didn't have to go to the gym. You were at the gym. So you would that's the not struggle. be a good caveman. No one's Probably tackling not. deers. What are you gonna tackle? You're tackling a deer? My tackling fuel. What do you? Well, you didn't Bush just guy? have a sniper rifle. Yeah, so you remember when Andrew showed up at the head? Yeah, bow. You had a bow and arrow, but no, like, no, let's say you didn't AK. make perfect. But let's say you didn't make perfect contact. You still have to track it down, right? Because and tackle it's it. not like it, you have to track the blood. Dude, we need to clip this. I'm making a video of Andrew tackling a deer. It's gonna be a fantastic video. You awesome. do, and then you you have to cut the neck. Yes, and drink because the blood and eat its heart while it's still beating. Well, Liver King says go with the liver like and then he went traveling. How were we on this? We should get Liver King cards. Uh the, Liver King cards. These, exactly. these primitive these primitive tribes liver. they fight over the the liver. That's the most uh, profound part of the or the most healthy part of the meat. They actually throw the muscle to like vultures and crows. So mm. steroids, creatine, Liver King, nine tenants. I apologize, Lucanation. Yeah, I mean, you just went down. I mean, this is great. I mean, this is the kind of conversation we had when you called me when you were on acid. Remember that? I joined the Marvel break. 
in Castle of Caracas. That was great. I, I thought Marvel was going to be the next thing. I was like, this is th- look at how excited everybody is. This is the cool. Look at the designs. These cars are great. There's art on them. <laughs> Who's that guy? He's green. Why is he so green? Because he's the Hulk, Andrew. <laughs> love it. You gotta love it. Oh, I mean, we went a little off on a tangent here, but back to the point. We hope you guys are having fun, right? And there are a lot of different ways to have fun in the hobby. I have fun talking to this spaz that I get to talk to over here um, with his Rodman hat on. I mean, we're having some fun. I have fun this way. I've started to have fun collecting random, you know, items. I do Pokemon stuff with Ian. I opened a box of soccer cards with him right before we jumped on here. We got a, a Reina pink out of 125. He knows more about the teams and whatnot than I do. And uh, Did you, know you see the, the Reina you know situation? Much, you know how much the box cost? 35 bucks. I got two soccer boxes. One like chrome light Bundesliga and one like something, something else Bundesliga. $25 each. Two boxes, $50. I don't care what's in it. It's Friday open. Let's go. He knows who some of these guys are. He was Lewandowski, he keeps saying. And he got one, last pack. Just a base card. He was happy. I've never really followed wax prices, so is that's cheap, though. Like, 50 bucks, it doesn't matter. It, it, yeah. it, that's more of like a gift. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. nothing's going to be in here. 50 bucks for a pair. It was like, one was 20, one was 30. I don't, that's like, that's like blaster prices. <laughs> it's like Target old blaster prices. The Fanatic sets, sets those prices? So I did get told by my LCS that the tops triple thread prices were impacted by Fanatics and that they, they should have been one price, but they when they actually were released, they were released at a significantly higher price. Like and Fanatics that's probably why he still has some in his store. So Fanatics is like, we'll give you product, but you have to sell it for X. No, I, I, I mean, his retail price is controlled by him. He can mark it up wherever he wants. You know, the more he marks it up, the, the longer it's going right. for him to sell. I'm talking about what Fanatics sells directly to, the, to his store for. That what, that's what they, Fanatics and Tops control what the price direct is to these consumers. They probably have a different price to their distributors. Um, but, you know, when they go to direct to a store, you know, he, he, they solicit them. They tell them what the price is going to be. He agrees to it. Then as it gets closer, it's it's like, all right, well, the price is going to be this now. Do you still want it? Yes, charge the charge a credit card. You know, I'm really excited for Mint. I didn't go last year because I do feel like it's a bit of a collision of corporate. This is what our vision and plans are. With like I I say this in our partnership calls, right? Like as we're winding the year down and all, like our loyalties to the customers, right? Yes, you say it all the time. Costs us money, but we keep. But he and, loves you guys. <laughs> and trying to relay what the true customer needs to the corporate guys and gals who make the decisions. Yes. I mean, nail on that many, many times. This is, well, uh, yes, you're paying us. But as Andrew likes to say, uh, my real customer is the listener. I got to make sure I'm taking care of them. You're on the panel at Mint and you get asked the question, you're head of, relationships or distribution of fanatics what is your relationship with lcs's i want to go direct to an lcs i want to have a basically the relationship that i had with distributors i want to have directly with lcs's as long as the lcs's are able to you know ahead of time say this is how much i need this is how much i'm going to commit to do you then vet and say here's the hundred i could that are 
you know, fanatics, verified LCSs, and then everyone else has to go buy on the secondary because you can't handle 50,000 LCSs, 20,000 LCSs. So there used to be, um, and maybe they still are, but like upper deck retailers, like I have an actual upper deck. It was a sticker. You walk into the store and it said it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I do. Um, you know, I, I, you'd have to come up with a, you know, a way of doing it. Um, honestly, while I love LCSs, I'm sure Fanatics is going to have a, a million different distribution channels. I'm sure they're going to distribute direct to consumer as much as they can also. You know? Because that higher allows margins. a, well, higher margins for them, but more importantly, you know, let's say whatever savings there are, they're cutting out additional layers should also benefit the consumer. Like, I wouldn't want to be Fanatics and say, okay, I got a box that it used to be um, 50 bucks to me. And by the time it got to the consumer, it was 100. Well, doesn't it make more sense to let the consumer buy it for 75 directly from me? Like, isn't it nice to split that instead of saying, well, the consumer's ready to pay 100 anyway? I, now I'm not going to pay 50 and let somebody pay 75 and let somebody else pay 100. I'm going to charge 100. I would hope that's not the case. It's nice for both ends to get a little bit of the break. But if you help the consumer, the LCS gets hurt. Correct. But I think there should be LCS-specific products. And I think that's one of the things that I would do also. You know how like first off the line right now is a Panini product that's like first off the line? Like, like I would have that type of product. That's a, that's an, that's a, Panini, a, a, a Fanatics exclusive LCS product. So like on release day, the Stars and Stripes National Treasures, the you know the FOTL, gotcha. the Choice products are only available in the stores. If you want those, boom, that's where you can get them. Only our fanatics LCS get it. That way, you, you get the best of both worlds. There's a way to do it, man. No? You don't like that idea? I'm processing. I think it makes a lot of sense. And, and it's tough. Luka Nation, like that was on the fly. Uh, honestly, the best ideas are obviously you sleep on them, you iron them out, but... Not your, I don't think like, I just it, talk <laughs> right, but like having that on the fly Friday night, gotta go run some errands. Any you know, thoughts, anything that like you want, yeah, man? I'm excited. Football, don't forget with college bowl season here, there's no college uh Saturdays, so um, you get NFL games Saturday and Sunday. So you know, wake up tomorrow, it's easy like Sunday morning on a Saturday. You can go out there's and order three your... games tomorrow. Yeah, the Buffalo game is tomorrow night. You can order your Chick-fil-A tomorrow and eat it while watching football, pro football. And order extra so you have it to you know, reheat on Sunday. Boom. No talk of Deshaun at all. Like no, Because the no... team was just beat down anyway. And it, it was ridiculous to have expect him to come back and do anything with the team. Even though he's practicing for a couple weeks there, you know, it, it, it's, it's an impossible test for anyone. He's considered buying Deshaun cards or no? 100%. Hundred percent. If you if if you can look past Deshaun, if you can look past the stuff, and you think he's going to be good next year, and his cards are beaten down enough, sure, there's an opportunity there. The problem, of course, is that a lot of people won't even look his way. Just like a lot of people won't look at Tatis's way either. That's another opportunity. Right, because you got to love your cards about- and look at them, and, and not even that, like shoving them off. And now people look at you and they're like, "Are you really supporting this guy?" And you have to go answer that question. You've really seen interesting. It. You've yeah. seen it. Look, I mean, you know, our soccer post has 300 and how many comments on it? You want to talk about engagement, people? Look at that thing. But not all of them are very nice to me. And it's okay. It's, yeah. It's, we're, 
one by one, we're under, we're leading people to understand if you're tinfoil and all the way there, you're a little bit more moderate. You're whatever side of the de- you know political aisle you are. The beauty's in the discussion and in the debate. That's where the beauty is found. It's you explaining to us why soccer cards have collectability. Five people have seen that comment. It's sinking in, and they're now more confident of buying soccer cards. The conversation is key. People are it, it, people. You, it's an exchange of ideas. Instagram is not a place where a lot of people do that. I'll give you a lot of credit, man, because people post pictures on Instagram. It's exchange gram. It's a sharing. It's a show off thing. But when we post something like that, that gets the engagement it gets. You're in the comments. So am I. I try. Thanks for collaborating with me. But you're responding. You're starting up a conversation back and forth in the comments. That's why some of our posts like that one have more comments than likes. Right? Because you're going back and forth with folks. And you can learn a little bit just checking out the communication, the back and forth. That's fun. I enjoyed it. I learned stuff. My goal is to find five, ten people that maybe we do a roundtable with. Gooner, yes. If Gooner's willing after the whole you know, fiasco. Uh, love you, say, Gunnar. say I love you, Gunnar. There you go. Say I, love I, I you. do. I, I say it all the time. I think he's he's awesome. I love his stories. If I can't watch soccer, I'll go to his stories and be able to catch up like what happened in the soccer weekend. I don't know. What do you think of the Gio Reyna situation? Do you follow it at all? Yeah, he's a scapegoat. I think it's BS that it came out after they lost. If that's going on while it's going on, publicize it while it's going on. Now it just looks like the team's looking for somebody to blame for the ultimate loss after the loss happens. Now, I'm not saying I'm forgiving the guy. I'm not saying it didn't happen. But the optics on it don't look great that way. It looks like, oh, the coach was getting a lot of heat for being outcoached. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, well, you know, I was also dealing with this guy who happened to be the old coach's son. And, you know, I mean, like, it's a nice, easy way to kind of, you know, no? Am I totally wrong? Am I going to get heat for that one too? No, I thought about it because – I was early on the something isn't right with Geo. I like Coach Burkhalter, but I don't understand the need, even if you're right to throw your 20-year-old player under the bus, yeah. just to defend yourself, kind of eat it, take it on the chin. What what where I go with it and process it is I think he thinks his job's on the line. Of course. And he wants to keep his job. And he's like that. And and what I don't like about it is I actually think the soccer team overperformed. Yeah. They're 23 did. years old. Like, the, they they did it fold against the Netherlands going down 2-0 in an elimination game. I think they played really tough. Do you have any predictions? Colts, Vikings, Ravens, hey. Browns. I always, when there's predictions, I always say the same thing. I, any You're predictions? Pain. And Dalton Bills. Come here. Come here. Yeah, you can show. He wants to show you something. He made this. He thinks he's the smartest kid on earth. Look what he made. It's, a- it's not going to fly. No, go ahead. What do you got? Do it's it. a paper bomb. It's a paper bomb. Go ahead. You got to do it on camera here. Come here. Right there. Perfect. Oh, that didn't work. Didn't work. Better work this time or else we're wasting our time. Well, let's go. Pressure. Dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air, dead air. Do it. Ah, you suck. Do it over there. This supposed to make like a, a big noise. It makes a big popping noise. It did it already once before, but he's holding the wrong side of it. I think the real game he wants to do is that like little thing that you do with your like pick a it's color a, and you go up to a cute girl. Oh yeah, that's cool too. Like oh you're yeah, like, you're gonna marry blue. me. Correct. <laughs> there you go. So you have no predictions, just pain. My for predictions Saturday. are: I believe Buffalo embarrasses Tua and the Dolphins. That's that's my big prediction for the uh, you know the 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 big game. I think that's what happens there. And what are the other two? What are the other two? One one big prediction is better. No, what are the other two? 
Ravens, Browns. Ravens are plus two and a half at Cleveland. Ravens, Browns. You don't have to think That's of it the old the Browns against the new Browns. You folded it wrong. So let's see. Ravens, Browns. I think the Ravens beat the hell out of them. Let's see. What are the other game? Vikings, Colts. Which I is both of them. shockingly both of them. embarrassing. Tell me about Kirk Cousins. Why do you love him so much? That the 10 and 3 Vikings, first in the NFC North mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. are a three point favorite versus the Colts with Matt Ryan. That's how much they think that Kirk Cousins sucks. Don't hate me. I've been a hater. Of how about the this defense one? sucks too, though? To be a fair. big one for this week because obviously we'll do whatnot on Sunday morning, guys. Derek Henry. Has like twelve hundred yards rushing already. He's going up against the Chargers this week, and the Chargers can't stop. If Andrew was a running back on the other side, they couldn't stop him. They have a horrible running defense. Derrick Henry is another one of those like early prop. Take a look at. He's going. He's the number one running back against like the last place defense against the run. He's going to have another one of those Derrick Henry type of games where he just eats people up like he does against the Texans. Take a look you at that one. Shoot. What's crazy about Derrick Henry is you know most running backs have a low center of gravity. He has such a high center of gravity and still hard to bring down. That's that's really hard to to kind of fathom. I I, I still doesn't make sense. Another one to look at. Um, what is what is his name? Milf Hunter. Zach Wilson is starting again, right? Ian thought that was funny. Ian's right? nine. Ian thought that and was funny as hell. If you think so- that's bad, you should have heard what he said about the Giorena <laughs> Pink. Yeah, Giorena Pink. I mean, it doesn't stink. Don't, don't, don't say. So, don't say. So listen, so here's, here's the thing, right? Um, Zach Wilson's starting. Um, All right. I, if, I'm a, if I'm a jet long-term Jet fan, I'm, I'm not miserable about this. Because Mike White's hurt. He's got like rib injuries and that kind of stuff. And it is, it's, a, it's a convenient way to get Zach Wilson back into the lineup and get him playing. And I hope, for the kid's sake, that it's not another long line of quarterbacks that the Jets ruin. Because that team could still make the playoffs. Speaking of teams that could make the playoffs also, we went really NFL sideways here, not the Raiders. They will probably lose to the Patriots, who, if you remember, in the beginning of the season, you and I, I think, agreed that the Patriots are like the worst offense in the league. We are like, this team is terrible. Terrible. They're horrible. I think after they beat the Raiders, they'll be eight and six. And not just in the hunt, but like in a playoff spot, potentially, depending on what else happens. Like, Mac Jones... Mac Jones Mac, agrees that that offense is horrible, though. Yeah, but Mac Jones, as a rookie last year, won double-digit games and took his team to the playoffs, and Justin Herbert didn't. And it would be interesting to watch. I mean, you know, I mean, everyone's all over the junk of her of Trevor Lawrence, and he's probably going to miss the playoffs two years in a row, and Mac Jones is going to win two years in a row. Hardly it's- impressive. Hardly impressive, and I think we think that Belichick is Belichick's a weird guy. Like he, he. If we talk about someone who's long term thinker, I think that he, like, what is his plan? Like, I'm gonna put through Mac Jones through hell, and then eventually get him weapons. So this is like boot camp type of thing. So do me a favor and look at Brady's weapons for the first like ten years of his career. He didn't have any. So yes, part of it is I think what you're saying is, hey, this worked once. Let me try to make the next Brady by beating the shit out of him and giving him absolutely no offense at all and seeing what he does. Well, what's funny about that is there are two types of quarterbacks, or there's a progression of quarterbacks. Uh, Daniel Jones for the Giants is, is coming, coming to this stage if you think he's going to stick or not. A couple of these quarterbacks are there also. Joe Burrow's already sort of done it, but he hasn't had to because he has a stud. Um, 
uh, Aaron Rodgers has had to do his whole career. There's a point in time where you have to go beyond you're good enough yourself. You actually, as a quarterback, have to be an elevator. You know, it's something that Eli Manning was very good at. He turned people like Akeem Nix and Victor Cruz into giant legends because... Victor Cruz was fantastic. He was fantastic because of Eli Manning. You put him on another team with a crappier quarterback and he's just doing a salsa dance all the way back to the practice squad. So this is what... Hater. This is the difference. I am, I am. But I'm making a point, obviously. But think about it. Like, this is this is where you'll learn. Mac Jones, he may not be somebody who elevates another player. But if you have crappy wide receivers, you have crappy talent around you, you have to be the one to elevate them. Like I said, Rodgers did that his whole career. You know? Favre did it. Mac Jones doesn't have the arm to even – I mean, he can't throw down the field. Do you agree with that or no? Yeah. Yeah, Arm strength. I mean, what's amazing about it is that in today's game, with the right weapons, you do not have to. I know you have to be able to at least threaten a deep ball because the safeties sneak up, but basically the pass is a run now. You swap so, out Tua and Mag Jones. What swap happens? Swap like put them on like each other's team. Yeah. I think. Listen, I think both teams get better. R- wow. Yeah. Especially, you gave me the best team for Mac Jones to go to. That's why. Well, right? I, I because do, those I do guys this for cross. A right? I mean, Tyreek Hill, you underthrow it. He finds a way to get there. These guys, you know, waddle across the middle. I mean, that's a, that's a, good, a good pair for him. But, but the best receivers in the game now, they're not Randy Moss. Culpepper's going to throw it 60 yards on a bomb, and it's going to land, you know, in your lap while you're striding. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that do that anymore, that put that perfect ball up in the air and, you know, moonball it. Um, now, even even you, Mahomes, you, he's he's you, throwing to Kelsey over the middle most of the time. You put Mac Jones on Seattle, and I think he sucks because TK Metcalf is basically useless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, Lockett's numbers might go up, but you know, you got somebody who you know, like, it's got to be one of these. You know, you know, got to Got to be able to throw it to him. Got to be able to take the top off the defense at some point. You're probably right that that's, that may be the ultimate limitation on Mac Jones. You know, if you're not able to do that, it takes part of the playbook out of the equation. And in today's NFL, I guess you have to have a full complement of the playbook. So this, I'll, I'll break this topic, but don't hate me. So yeah, we I haven't had enough. Diving into Zach Wilson's history, and like his I, internet history, you're gonna get in trouble. And then I found his mom, who's oh, um, what the hell. <laughs> An Instagram doing? influencer. And I did some research. I'm like, this you guy comes DM, from a rich you sent her a DM. family. You sent her a DM. You sent her a DM. From, how does she like talk about her son? Oh, he's like a helicopter parent, you know, really rich family. You don't leave on this, dude. You're a jerk. Oh, mommy. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, I struggle to trust the motivation and competitive spirit of very rich athletes it do i have something here am i just generalizing am i an asshole thoughts and then we'll let you go you're on mute you're not weird but what did you actually you didn't DM her? You did DM her? I did not DM her. No, I don't care about her. I, I, I wanted to see, does this guy have the it factor? Is he a competitor? If he's, is he, is he going to be that guy? And I'm like, he just comes from a, a helicopter parents, raised in affluence, 
he's just here to be, you know, a, a social media model influencer who plays football and all the accolades that come with it. And I was like, he's not going to be that guy. He doesn't have it. He doesn't well, come from the mud. I mean, listen, part of the issue with Zach Wilson, I mean, that, that compounds it. But part of the issue with Zach Wilson is he's a one-year college sensation. Like, he had one good year in college and then was drafted early. He's not one of these guys that, you know, was fantastic for a very long time. It's similar to Sam Darnold, similar to Mark Sanchez. It's a lot of repeat jet. They're doing the same thing, you know, the same mistake over and over again. Um, you don't get to see, you know, them tested, them challenged, them. I mean, Joe Burrow transferred college. So did Jalen Hurts. You know what I mean? Like these guys, you know, they were they were basically told someone's better than you. You got to leave. You got to go somewhere else. Whereas, you know, you could argue, I don't know the kid from anything, that he, maybe he was a little coddled. You know, maybe he really didn't have to go through any of the tests. But he's being tested now. So you'll know, you'll know. I mean, he had his job taken away from him. He doesn't really have the support of the locker room. There's one way to get it back. He should, win. you know, be a man, apologize to those guys, and do the whole deal, and then go out there and win. You know, winning's winning's the best deodorant. What an episode! Liver King, Liver King, vintage tackling deer. I mean, you went from tackling deer to tackling Zach Wilson's mom. I mean, I don't know how you did that, but you did it in like ten minutes. Cage got promoted to head of you know distribution at Fanatics. Yeah, and, on the and came up with a that's a great idea. Mint Collective, <laughs> we are definitely gonna be there. But what I'd like from you, because you're the guy that's moving the shaker. Last year we did some some content in the lead up to it, right? Where we you know we we did some cool content, kind of like talking to people who were at RPS, it. RPS, Prism God, we're, it was innovators in the hobby. I remember those two. Yeah, for sure I mean, we listen, we we should we should you know I don't know who, but we should talk to people who went last year who are going again. We should, you know, we should maybe have some conversations with folks in the lead up to the mint about like, hey, what'd you love about last year? You know, what are you expecting to see this year? What are you looking forward to this year? Anything, anything that you had last year that you want to make sure they have? Anything that was missing last year that you want to see? Um, you know, what, what was your favorite parts about the show? What are you doing when you're there? What kind of cards are you bringing while you're there? You know, why mint? That's a, it's a, you know, I think we should do that again. You're get Vegas on during March Madness. I mean. Vegas cards, March Madness. That's the time to go. Uh, uh, come on now. That's the time to go. How much better does it get? Luca Nation, have an amazing week, and we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronzo Mai. I wanted to tell you about a new service that we have starting as of today, and I'm really, really excited to bring it to you guys. So as a part of our partnership with SGC, we got 50 free submissions every single month and many of you have taken advantage of that and it's amazing that we could have the opportunity to 650 episodes 675 episodes in to go ahead and give back to our community as people were sending those cards in they asked can we send 5 10 20 more cards to you guys we'll pay for it but we wanted them graded with sgc you guys know sgc is turning cards around in 13 to 14 business days uh, have incredible customer service and their secondary market values are going up day after day after day. And that's exciting for the hobby and exciting for the grading landscape. So we didn't want to just rush into it. We wanted to do it right. And what we did was I relocated here to Boca Raton, Florida. I opened up a PO box, maybe five minutes away from SGC and I will be hand delivering and hand picking up the cards. So you don't have to worry about anyone else touching your cards. It will be me 
and I will update you every step of the way. So here's how it's going to work. I'm going to personally pick up the cards from a P.O. box, prep them, new card saver, new penny sleeve, and deliver them to SGC every single Tuesday. Why Tuesday? Well, it lets the stragglers over the weekend come back through on Monday and gives me a day to prep, and it basically gives SGC the entire week to work on grading those cards. Once your cards pop, only then at the end of the process will you be paying for the service. It's $25 per card, simple as that, and the turnaround times have never been faster. We're hearing right now 13, 14, less than 20 business days. So there it is, 9170 Glades Road, number 135 is the P.O. Box in Boca Raton, Florida, 33434 9170 Glades Road, number 135, Boca Raton, Florida 33434. Of course, you could shoot me an email or shoot me a text anytime, and I'm always available. Many of you already have my email. It's I am Andrew Goldberg at gmail.com or my cell phone number 215 519 9154. Reach out with any questions. I could walk you through the process. I've hopped on the call with quite a few of you, and I'm happy to do that. Love you, Luca Nation.